Hello there, and welcome to Gooner U. My name is Dove, and my friend Keith is here to bring me up to speed on everything I don't know about soccer and Arsenal. This week featured the 22-23 season's final Premier League match at home at the Emirates against Wolverhampton Wanderers, a.k.a. Wolves. Did I get that right, Keith? Have I learned something? There you go. That's it. We did it. Congrats. We're done. That's the end First of the try. podcast. We're finished. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Uh yeah, so yeah, I didn't even look that up. I remembered it as I was watching the match live. I was like, so their full name is Wolverhampton Wanderers, but we call them Wolves. Good. Got it. All right. Yep. <laughs> uh, that was a fun match to watch. It was, wasn't it? I <laughs> I, I like I like winning 5-0. We should do that more often. <laughs> That's note note to Mikel for next season. Win 5-0 as much as we can. This wasn't the first time. I, it did happen with some frequency, but yeah. <laughs> So um, a little bit of news, not anything that's uh, earth shattering, but uh, I was at an event last week and uh, there were a couple uh, Brits uh, who were presenting at the event and it was, it was a small thing. I, I talked to them for a while and uh, I, when I when I detect <laughs> that certain accent, I, I try to steer the conversation towards football now and ask who their teams are and uh, try and find some common ground there. Well, this guy, it turns out, was from Norwich. Um, so his team, I guess, is in the championship this year. Doesn't look like they're getting promoted. That's all decided by now. But uh, yeah, that was, that was that was a fun conversation. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. They're, I mean, they're everywhere. And you know, if they're from England, it's uh, at least they know something about it. It's it's sure. It really, it really is kind of incredible. And in, in you go to Europe. I mean, in the U.S., we have a very congested sports market. There's so many different things going on, so many different teams and sports and stuff. And if you go to Europe, I mean. <laughs> it's football and it's everything else. I mean, there are uh, there are others in certain places. You are certain teams. And cricket are bigger. Comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, it, well, uh, cricket's no. really big. Actually, super big in in South Asia, India, Pakistan. Right. I mean, right. It's, as any any Brit will tell you, it's one of those many sports that the English invented and exported to the rest of the world so they could beat England at. So, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Useful context. Yes. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, You know, even if they aren't football fans, they're conscious of it and they're aware of it. So. Right. Sure. All right. Um, The other thing, this is something that I heard mention of. I I think I had watched um, what's uh, I think it's called the lowdown. Rebecca Lowe's like five minute show that she does each week or something. And I'd watch that just to kind of get a sense of what their take was, what her take was on the season kind of as a whole. That was what they were talking about. Um, we can talk about some of the other things that she was saying later on. We're talking about the end of our season. But um, one thing that was interesting is she mentioned Arteta bought a dog for the team. And specifically, she mentioned a lab, which that's that's what I have. I, I love labs. Uh, who, who doesn't love a lab? Um, what? <laughs> can you tell me more about that? Um. Not not too much. The that's pretty much the story. He bought a dog, a chocolate, a chocolate lab. Uh, okay. The dog's name is Win. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it's not. You know. I, I mean, labs are awesome. I agree. But also, yeah, the dog's name's Win. Um, that's pretty much it. He, he talks <laughs> about building empathy and sort of building an environment, a pleasant environment to to be. And so the dog is there. Uh, there is someone who takes care of it. Um, right. But okay. it's interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the story. There's a dog. There's a dog at training now. So, um, 
Yep. That's, that's it. Oh, I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah, that's that's one more reason for me to want to play for Arsenal. <laughs> so um, so let's uh, let's talk about the match a little bit before we uh, move on and kind of wrap up our our season. Um, this was a very fun one to watch. As mentioned, we ended up whomping them tremendously. It was five nil all told. Um, and I was very pleased to see very early on, none other than Jaka was setting the tone with his two goals nearly back to back. Uh, if this does turn out to be his last game with Arsenal, it's a very strong way to close out his career at Arsenal. And I'd say overall, this match was a very strong way for Arsenal to close out a season that overall was, was a good season. I, I saw something pregame on the Arsenal website. They said something, I'm going to get the numbers wrong on this. So. Sorry, but something to the effect of Arsenal's won like their last 11 season finales and they're unbeaten in 17. Like the last day of the season is when everything just hmm. seems to, to fall into place for us, which is, is pleasant in most cases. I, <laughs> as I recall, um, I'm trying to recall, we don't have to, we don't actually have too many of them where something is really at stake. I mean, last season, technically, we could have qualified for the Champions League. If we had won, I think, and Spurs had lost, but, you know, then Spurs won, like, 4-0 or something, so no. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, we've had a couple... There have been a couple here and there where we needed a win to clinch a Champions League spot, but, uh, you know, a lot of them are sort of like today. It's just a really nice day, um, and, you know, you're playing a team that has no, themselves has nothing to play for. Wolves, we talked about this last week, had nothing to play for. Uh, they they struggle offensively. Uh, they have all season. They're not a very dangerous team. So once we got a couple goals, I mean, it, it was over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very we, we we were talking about this as a, as a group at the at the pub. It is very much. A, a, I find the end of the English season and the end of the soccer season has a very sort of last day at school kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't. You know, in, in an American sport, you're getting set for the playoffs, right? You know, you're you're resting guys, rotating guys, you know, thinking about is this something we can do, get ready for the postseason. There's usually something at stake, jockeying for seeds because they are, you know, be, being being third or fourth could make a really big difference. Um, but here there's not. We were we were in second. We were going to finish in second. Um, I said way back when, probably I think I want to say probably beginning somewhere in March. Um, you know, City City was not going to win every game the rest of the season, and that turned out to be true. They drew mm -hmm. against Brighton midweek, and they drew and they lost to Brentford um, on Saturday on Sunday. Which uh, the the, Bre the Brighton game, by all accounts, they were they given they had officially clinched the title with our loss of the previous weekend. As far by all accounts, they were somewhat hungover <laughs> for that Brighton game. <laughs> um, and then the Brentford game, who cares? They're rotating a bunch. They have a couple big games still left on the schedule. Uh, the FA Cup final and the Champions League final. Um, but, you know, someone did the math. Had We finished five points behind them. Had we won one of those two games, and obviously you can't say this is how it really would have played out because, of course, that this circumstances right. are different. They wouldn't have been hungover, yeah. Had we beaten, <laughs> Had we won one of those two games, we would have more points than them. That that essentially right. ends up being the difference of the season, which I don't want to dwell on that. The the oh, it might have been, you know, but just to really sort of reflect back and say what a, what a tremendous season this was, and and just a great a great finish to it too. And you know, Jaco was there. He missed a sitter. He had a hat trick. We were we were begging mm -hmm. for it. There were 
you could we, you could hear it here. You could hear it in the stadium too. There's at one point he got the ball for somewhere like forty yards out, and you could hear people in the stadium going, "Shoot!" <laughs> um, which he has done, but he has scored from from range before. Uh, he yeah. didn't, which was probably the wise decision. But you know, uh, yeah, yeah, he got a, a well deserved send off. We talked about you know him and and Saka and Odegaard getting that sort of coming off the field and getting that chance for the, the crowd to really salute them right. for what they had done this season although Saka's Saka's was a little bit injury related he took a few shots that we were a little like I don't know that this is so great um yeah he, he also took a beautiful shot that caught yeah. the top corner in a way that was indefensible and it was amazing too yeah and th- yeah, then he did that thing where it's like, oh, he's really good. I- Gabriel Jesus got a nice <laughs> header. Uh, Kivior. Yeah. Kivior, his first goal was an Arsenal player. Good for right. you. Um, right. Just all around. Just And the sun was shining. It was just, it was just lovely. <laughs> just a lovely day. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, I, this, yeah, yeah. So um, just a, a couple, uh, some interesting things to talk about. So this was our first official look on the pitch at the 23-24 seasons new kit, their home kit. Um, it was funny for me. I'd actually seen it before the match because, um, as previously mentioned, Arsenal is going to be on a U.S. tour. They're coming to my area July 22nd, I think, is when they're going to be playing against Manchester United in the New York area. And I... Uh, I was looking for shirts for um, some people who are going, my, my wife and my mother, who uh, don't have anything Arsenal to wear and wanted something. So I was on the Arsenal Direct site looking, and oh, I saw the 2324. I saw it in the women's section first, and then I looked at the men's. And uh, I, I will say, I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting the keeper kit because I didn't like Ramsdale's primary keeper kit, and the secondary was not available at all. So um, I wasn't going to get a Ramsdale jersey last season, but for this season, yeah, it's, it's black. It's actually kind of a similar color scheme to the shirt that I'm <laughs> wearing today for my baseball team um, that I coach. And uh, so I, I changed my tune, seeing it all match and kind of growing accustomed to it, seeing it on the players instead of in the abstract with like an invisible mannequin where it's like all kind of puffed out according to some ideal form that they're designing it against. Um, seeing it in practice, I, I liked it. Um, I grew, I grew accustomed to it. I, I can't say anymore that I don't like it. You know, it's, it's fine. I think I, so far I still prefer the seasons, but we'll see that that could change. Uh, the one thing that I thought was really funny though. Is, so the socks are different. So, um, and, and I've seen this before with certain brands of socks. Like I know Nike socks are always like this, where you'll have the Nike swoosh and it'll be only on the outside of the sock. So there'll be a sock that is the right foot sock and the left foot sock. And it looks like their new sock design is like that. It has like a big beefy <laughs> thunderbolt, lightning bolt, only on one side. And it was funny. This is their first time wearing it. And I don't know if this is something that'll change after a game or two or once a new season starts, but there are a few players wearing that lightning bolt on the outside of the socks, but there's a whole bunch, maybe even more who had it on the inside, like facing the other leg. And I think that's probably wrong. One of them is certainly wrong. One of them is the way that they intended the socks to be worn. And the inconsistency was to me, the really remarkable thing, but yeah. <laughs> how, how many other teams have asymmetrical sock designs like that? Like left footed and right footed socks. Um, I, there's, there's, there's some, um, cause you'll see that sometimes it could also be, I, I, I'm not quite sure getting into the minutiae of socks. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> 
Because there, because there are some that are almost they're more like they're more like tube socks. They don't have quite the same heel and toe in the same way. So the idea is that actually both you could wear both of them, and so the idea is you could just rotate it. I realize I'm reaching out of my leg, and I can't you can't see that on the YouTube, but you could essentially spin it around <laughs> um, because there's something you know. So it, it it almost doesn't it isn't necessarily a left and a right. Um, and that, okay. and that's how some of some of them are. Now, having said that, you're right. There's a design on it. It could very well be that the lightning bolt design is actually supposed to be on the front, um, or maybe the back. I don't know. It could be, but you're right. I don't think I don't think the front because it does say AFC. So that oh, well, to you, me is more likely to be on the front. When you see writing on the socks, that's as far as I know. I've always only seen that on the front. Um, I feel like I've seen that in different places over the years. Okay. You know, every year, some years they do designs on the socks like that. Some years they'll just do like certain stripe it, like a more of a vertical or not vertical striping, a more vertical striping or a or horizontal striping, which then it doesn't matter what direction it is, but you'll see writing on them and they are kind of inconsistent. I'm sure there's a, there is obviously a way they are supposed to be worn. Uh, I doubt you will ever see a game where all 11 players are wearing them exactly the way they're supposed to be worn. I think that's just the, the general <laughs> intricacies of, you know, the players getting dressed and what they're, what they're thinking about as they're getting dressed. And, you know, when, when like, when people check the uniforms before the game in terms of keeping up with the rules, they're not looking at what orientation of the socks are. They're just, they're wearing <laughs> socks, right? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I agreed. I kind of I kind of liked it uh, um, in terms of seeing it live in action. Um, I also tend to agree. I kind of like this year. It's a little better, um, but it looks this one looks nice. Um, the general consensus is that the the away kit or the rumored away kit because it hasn't been released yet. That'll happen sometime this summer. Is less good. People people's general reaction to that one is 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 negative. Um, this one I like. All right, actually, somebody had it. I was at the pub. Somebody had one. Um, they oh wow! Had a, new, yeah. a friend, a friend of the, I think his friend or brother was was in London when it when it dropped and shipped it. Over oh, okay. And so, like, yeah, he was, and I was just, it, it, I stood next to him and I just kind of did a double take, like, is that the new kit? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I cool. mean, was, like fresh out of the box, you could see the crease, the folds, and the creases, and it's still you just taking it out, obviously. Okay, so you brought up creases. This is something I wasn't. I didn't have any notes down. I wasn't intending to bring this up, but I still have creases in my jersey that I've worn a few times. I've washed each time. I haven't put it in the dryer. I've hung it up to dry, but I think I did do it and I dried it in the dryer one time after I saw after a couple washes, the creases were still there. So I, I don't know what you need to do to get the creases out. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I hang mine. Mine are hanging in the closet along right. with various and sundry other things. I don't know. I might not have creases in them anymore. Um, okay. But I've been, I've had them all for years eventually. at this point. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's right. one of things that eventually it'll, it'll all work itself out eventually. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, uh, I, the, we also had the arrival of a little Arsenal jersey uh, this week, so uh, we we got one for my son to wear. So oh, very good, <laughs> very good. <laughs> he, he has his own set of creases now. Does he get? Did he get a player name and number? He go blank. Yeah, I got a blank because I, I couldn't get it from any stores anymore. Like I was lucky to find it at all for the twenty two twenty three season. I think um, so. I was able to find it from someplace in his size. It wasn't a store I've heard of before, 
but I did my due diligence. It looked like a legitimate like California chain called Nikki's Sports, I think. Um, it seemed like a place, though I hadn't heard of it, they've been around for a while, and it seemed like a reputable place, and everything seemed above board when all is said and done. So, uh, But yeah, they didn't have any customization option, and I, I couldn't really find it any place else. Um, so, And that's fine. He doesn't really care. It's it's close enough to mine. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> which is what matters to him. He'll... he'll... He'll he'll develop a favorite player soon enough if he starts watching more regularly. Um, but also, but that, also, that you know, as we, but yeah. also as we talk about players come and go, and sometimes it's. I mean, I generally prefer jerseys in any sport. Prefer them blank because you know, it, guys leave, and you know, for and we'll talk about that a little bit today. I'm sure you know we've talked a little bit about it. Some guys are going to be leaving. Some guys might be coming in. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the you know summer is going to be. Summer's very different, obviously than. Yeah, during the season. Well, that's that's an interesting point, though. I think it probably would make sense to wait, even try and getting one on his because like putting if he got Martinelli to be because that's what I have on mine and putting my favorite player on him. Eh, I don't know if that makes sense. And it's probably I'd say it's certainly not worth the money to do it. Um, and it probably just doesn't make sense. If he has a favorite player and he's excited to wear X players jersey in a year or two, once he actually starts following it, I'd be happy to, to spend the money to get his player's name on it. So, right. So yeah, but uh, all right. Well, uh, anything? Any other general comments about the match? You want to pick our player of the match? Um, I certainly for me. I mean, everybody played well. <laughs> you win five nil. There are no bad players. I don't believe. <laughs> well, well, I would say you know, freaking Aaron Ramsdale did make a single save all game. That jerk. Uh, right. <laughs> because the Wolves didn't have a save. I told you they were bad offensively. No shots on target. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think the obvious answer is, is Granite Jaka. Um, you know, we got the Granite yep. Jaka song in, um, which was, which was fun. He got two goals, very nearly had a third. Um, uh, yeah, it, he's going to be, I, I, I think nobody's saying anything officially, of course, but I think he is off to uh off to probably i think it's off uh, to germany and uh you know we we what a what a ride it's been for him with with arsenal i think mm-hmm. it's it's really to the best way to say it um i and, and i'd also throw in um and jaka emblematic we were we were talking about this as well what would be the perfect way to send out granite jaka would have been a screaming goal from outside the box uh jaka boom Mm-hmm. And probably an ill-advised red card for two foot somebody. <laughs> he didn't do that. Oh, but 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 in not picking up a red, we mentioned this last week. Arsenal finishes the season without a single red card. Yeah, across all all thirty eight games in the league, all the the handful of like the three games we played in in the knockout cups, all the games in the Europa League. Zero red cards, and, and that was a problem for for Arsenal the last few years. Certainly, the first couple of years of Arteta, um, it was a common. And Arsenal's picking up a lot of reds. Some of them, we've talked about refereeing. You could make comments about refereeing, but a lot of them were guys just putting themselves in bad situations. Granite Chaka was a perfect example of that in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So for him to walk off without even picking up a yellow to yesterday uh, on Sunday, yeah, yesterday we're recording Monday, so on yesterday's right. game. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe that's re- maybe that really is the best way to say we've truly come full circle. He was at Arsenal throughout the Euro- we're well, calling the Europa League period, this period where we were out of the Champions League. His last act as an Arsenal player is 
to to be is to be a, a key part of the side that got back into the Champions League. Um, right. You know, just it was a nice moment. It was good to see, and and all things considered, well deserved. Yeah. Um, let me ask you. So you mentioned the Granite Jaka song. I don't know that one. I have not been able to make it out and i can't make any of these out until i hear them in isolation like you know like with the ones that we've talked about um are you prepared to sing the chant or would you rather do some youtube searching and send the no, link no, that we no, can no, include well, so I, right, yeah, well, I, well i say the granite jaka song the one we kept singing um you know and, and which i i think is the right one there's always a possibility there's a couple more but um <clears throat> um how's that one go um one granite jaka there's only one granite jaka he's walking along singing a song walking in a jaka wonderland there's only one granite jaka there's only one granite jaka he's walking along singing a song walking in a jaka wonderland <laughs> nicely done <laughs> Uh, Thank you. Throw it after that, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Well, there was a moment there where I was like, "Wait, the Granite Jack? Can I do that one? One well, of the lyrics? Okay, it's it's clean. It's clean. It's fine. Because um, we can't say that. <laughs> gotcha. I, there's a, there's a rather delightful one that hasn't quite caught on, but I rather like it. Um, dealing with Bukayo Saka because there's one with him and Smith Rowe about him and Smith Rowe, but it doesn't work as well because Smith Rowe didn't really play much this season. Uh, but with mm-hmm. Saka, because his nickname coming when he first started playing and breaking in was they called him the Star Boy as in a you know a young young star player and so there's one that's it's been readapted to uh to David Bowie's uh, Starman uh which I rather like mm. but I can't I can't sing on on a family friendly podcast so um ah. we'll do that off I'll try to explain that one off air later uh but uh <laughs> we'll we'll leave it in the raw cut <laughs> for Gooner U uh super fans yep I'll be Gooner U after dark uh <laughs> um that's yeah, interesting, Jaka's... though. You mentioned you mentioned Starboy. There's a song by The Weeknd called Starboy. It's maybe a reference to that, possibly. I don't think it's so. It's like a fairly fairly current song. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm familiar with that one, but no, I don't I don't yeah. think so. Um, okay. And as I recall, I don't know if that song is quite as easily adaptable to the kind of singing you would get. Um, okay, probably not. No. I always say that, and, you know. <laughs> you, you, it's always amazing. You you hear one the first time, and you go, "Oh, they made a song with that, huh?" All right, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, before we leave Chance, and I I, I can tell you, my, my player of the match was going to be Jaka, too. I mean, that, that seems like a pretty obvious pick, given his last likely game with the team, and he had an amazing performance, scored two goals. That, that's really good. So without dwelling on that, um, one thing Chant-related I wanted to ask you about is I could pick out the Saliba chant going on <laughs> during this match during which Saliba did not play. He's still disabled. Uh, what <laughs> is that common? Do they sing player specific chants when they're not playing? Uh, not, uh, for, there's no chance of him even playing <laughs> you know, for, the, for this game, for this game, because it's the end of the season, there's a sort of a salute yeah. to all the different players. So yes, the Saliba song, okay. I, I don't remember hearing it exactly, but people were talking about it. So I, I'm sure it happened. Um, and then certainly post game, one of the things that happened, which you wouldn't have seen on the broadcast, they did a they did the they call lap of honor where the team comes out, and actually they said the Arsenal did it. the The women came out as well. Uh, the youth teams they did the, really the whole club. Uh, each group hmm. came out and did a they sort of wa- did a lap around the stadium. They applaud. They'll shake hands with fans at the lower levels. Um, 
And then, you know, they close with the men coming around. And that would include, I mean, they have, you know, uh, I saw Zinchenko was there on the pitch. Uh, I think one of his kids. Um, right. Uh, who that. else did I see? I saw Martinelli. I think I saw Martinelli there. Um, I assume I, I assume all the players were there. Um, so I assume Saliba was there as well. Uh, Arteta gave a little speech at the end. Apparently the speech was substantially delayed because the, the crowd would not stop singing uh, Super Mick Arteta. Right. Um, but just all around, it's one of those. Yeah. So in that sense, it's a salute to sort of all the players. And they, they was, there was a comment on this uh, earlier, um, not, not earlier for us, but I heard this comment as well, even pregame and during the game. Um, Arsenal fans were singing and chanting things like, uh, we were top of the league. Um, and, and I forget the exact setup. Apparently, during the game, the Wolves fans started throwing some, not throwing, physically throwing, but throwing chants and songs at the Arsenal fan about how you, you bottled the league, you, you blew it. Mm. And um, <laughs> Arsenal fans apparently responded by say, singing, we almost won the league. We almost won the league. <laughs> Which is so... How do you respond to that? Like we like you're sort of reveling in how close you came and how how good and how good it felt to be in that title race. Yes, we're frustrated. Yes, we want to win and you know trying to figure out what do we need to do to take that next step next season. But for now, you know, in a a sense of celebrating uh, the fact that we had a we had a heck of a year and really had a a heck of a season. Yeah, yeah. So I got some questions, some brief questions about this match. Uh, But before we move on, uh, let me tell everyone about something called Liquid IV. (laughs) This is something that you put in 16 ounces of water, one what they call a stick. It's this little packet, pour it into your water, and uh, it makes you not feel thirsty anymore. (laughs) Um, When you're done with uh, practice or workout, whatever it is, a game, um, and you feel like you sweat it at all, this will help get you better. Um, So it comes in a bunch of flavors, uh, sea berry, strawberry lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, to name a few. Uh, Recently this week, I tried the strawberry flavor. I think overall, I preferred the strawberry lemonade. I like that little extra bit in there uh, beyond just the strawberry, but uh, everything I've tried so far has tasted good. Um, When you do put one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water. It'll hydrate you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are 12 refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, and it contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, and with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It is made with premium ingredients that are non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations and for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. So if you want to try Liquid IV incorporated into your routine, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code GOONER at checkout. That is G-O-O-N-E-R. 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code GOONER at liquidiv.com. That is G-O-O-N-E-R. There is no U in GOONER. So some, uh, some match questions. The commentators pointed out early on, um, but I didn't catch all the details that Raul Jimenez uh, was wearing a protective headband, and it was it was like kind of a thin headband with a big bulge in front of the the ear on the one side of his head. Do you know what kind of injury that was uh, like protecting from? Obviously, I guess it's like it's protecting against the head impact, but did do we know what what he's suffering from that that's gonna 
be on for a little while with? Yeah, so that it was against Arsenal of all teams. It was a couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember the exact date. He and uh, David Luiz, back when uh, Luiz was playing for Arsenal, both went up for a ball, a header, and heads heads hit. And uh, yeah, he was down for a while. It was it was ugly. It completely uh, accidental. Um, right. You know, D- David Luiz could be a clumsy player, but he was he was not a dirty one. Certainly, <laughs> I, he just one of those two guys went for the ball, heads hit. And and he right. certainly Jimenez came off the worst for the wear. It's it's been pretty serious. Um, it's it's good to see him playing. Um, so but he's definitely what, what was that? Was that, a, for that? was that a skull fracture or something? Or I believe he, I believe it was. Yes. Okay, that makes sense then. All right. Um, one other question I had. So you know I haven't seen Wolves play very many times. Really, just the only other time that we played them this season. Um, were they wearing their twenty three twenty four kit also this match, or was this their twenty two twenty three kit? I don't believe so. Only a couple. Only the, usually at this point, only the big clubs will release their their new ones at the you know before the okay. end of the season. Um, I didn't actually see who else had. I know a couple others have. Uh, I think Liverpool might have. City might have. I don't know if they were wearing them or not. Um, okay. But yeah, but yeah a, a club like Wolves probably won't at this point. Um, just because like they're not going to get the same kind of massive pre-sales. You know, I, I, you know, a, a City or an Arsenal is going to sell a whole lot of shirts, and they're going to buy. People are going to mm-hmm. buy them now. They're going to buy them at the start of the season. If you're a club like Wolves, you sort of capitalize on the. You capitalize on the start of the new season. Say, okay, here we go. Right. Let's get it ramped up now. So uh, most clubs, you won't see that. Um, and even that's only been the last couple of seasons you've really started to see uh, within the last decade at, at most. You start to see that right. the, the releasing before the end of the season and wearing that kit um, to close out the previous season as opposed to starting to the as opposed to the start of the next one. So. Yeah, I, I remember noting that when I watched the All or Nothing documentary, because I think I think I may have watched our first match of this season before finishing the documentary. And so I saw the overlap in, in the last game that they played there, and it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, pursuant to something that you brought up before when it comes to sponsors and like shirt sleeve sponsors and stuff for next season, it did look like their shirt sleeve sponsor is a sports betting company. So that may be something that potentially has to change. That's part of why I was interested if that was their current kit or their new kit, because that could be an indication whether or not, you know, that, that rule is going into effect. So. Yeah, although they would have, been, they would have, you know, it depends on when those things get announced in terms of kit sponsors and sleeve sponsors and all of that. You could ease. I mean, swapping out the 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 sponsor is you know is relatively easy to do, at least in terms of what the players on the field are wearing. I mean, mm-hmm. it could also be. I mean, chances are at this point, you know, because of the the length of time these business things take place, they they would are they already know who their shirt sponsor for next year is. That's or at least right. they're yep. so far they're so far down the path. Maybe they haven't signed the contract yet, but like given how much stuff has to happen to make that happen in a business sense, they they know who it is. So mm-hmm. I suppose you could wind up in this weird circumstance where. Um, you wear the kit, the one game and the old sponsor, and then the next season has the new one. And maybe you sell some with the old sponsor becomes this weird collector's item. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I suspect, I suspect actually what would happen is in a case where a club knew there was going to be some switching, you know, a club like Arsenal would, would go out of their way to make sure that was locked and loaded and ready to go. And, and because they know it was a club the size of Arsenal that like, 
you're going to sell a lot of shirts. It's a big deal. You know, Manchester United, you're going to sell a lot of shirts. Like it's a big deal mm-hmm. when you have a spot, you know, who your sponsor is. And so that's generally taken care of far enough in advance that probably wouldn't have happened. Or alternately, they would hold off on the kit until they had all the, the you know, T's crossed and I's dotted. Always get that mixed up. Uh, until they have all the contract <laughs> work finished and then the, release the new kit with the new sponsor. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one or two more questions. So uh, in the 41st minute, and again, for for listeners who aren't familiar with the way that we label minutes, that means that the game clock would have said 40 colon something is the 41st minute. Kind of like how the year 2000 was not the 2000th year. It was the 2001st year. That same (laughs) same counting principle applies. So um, there was a free kick. Um, Odegaard was going to be taking the free kick. Uh, party was standing next to him and they were talking and you'll, you'll see a lot of times players will take their shirts and they'll kind of wipe their faces and stuff. But what I saw was as they were talking, Odegaard was standing there and he kind of had his hand obscuring his mouth and party was standing there for a long time with his shirt hem covering his mouth Enough that it looked odd to me, and I, I wanted to get your take. Were they, were they intentionally blocking lip readers from knowing what they were talking about? Like, is that something that that teams actually do? Are they do they have staff that's going to look at the broadcast and try and determine what they're going to do with their free kick or something? It, it wouldn't be so much the broadcast. I mean, yes, athletes are paranoid, so yes. Uh, but it's not so much the broadcast. It's potentially just the players there on the field. And if you think about it, how much mm-hmm. they do. You know, they're shouting. I mean, you're shouting at each other across this big open field with 60,000 people around you. So in a lot of cases, sometimes um, you're already elevating your voice a little bit to be heard. But also you think with all that ambient noise, how much of what people are watching you say is going to be based on watching your mouth, which is going to be exaggerated because you're speaking more loudly. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, guys are paranoid about it. And who knows? Because we know in set pieces, sometimes you set up little plays. And so sometimes it's good to just just be able to pull pull someone over and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you're going to do this. It's going to look like this. But right. And we're, or we're going to run that play, that play we talked about last time. And all of a sudden, again, anything you can do to get that tiny little advantage, a lot of guys are going to go for. But yeah, you see that sort of thing all sure. the time. All right. Um Last last question. So, it, so all season long, Odegaard is our captain. Oh, captain, my captain, as as we titled uh, one of our previous episodes recently. Um, and when he leaves the pitch, Jaka usually has taken over as captain. But we had the situation where both of them left this match. And I think that I see correctly that Jesus was wearing the armband. Um, I think he got it. Um. Okay. I think he did. I didn't actually. I didn't actually notice what. Well, because when Odegaard came off, I mean, obviously he would have. He would have given up the cat, the armband. Um, yeah, because Jaka came off first, right? Right. Yeah, he would. But uh, I didn't. I didn't see who got it. Um, yeah, I, I, I was I looking believe for it later. Was, I thought I saw, it, but it was a little tough to tell. Yeah, I, I believe it. If it was on Jesus, I feel like he's done that before. He's definitely part of sort of like the leadership team, so to speak. Um, okay. So he's definitely done that. Um, but yeah, I think, he, I think he has done that. Um, so yeah, I, I, if he was, I didn't actually see who was the captain after that. I'll be honest, probably after about like the fourth goal, I think we kind of all just, we weren't really paying attention as much. <laughs> you know, the game was, the game was well and truly, frankly, the more interesting, the more, there were a couple more interesting other games. We didn't watch those per se, but we were just kind of like, 
this is fun. <laughs> um, so I didn't I say we didn't notice. I didn't notice who the captain was. I believe it was Jesus, though. So. Right. Okay. So uh, let's uh, let's turn a little retrospective and look back at the whole season and uh, reflect a little bit and kind of project after what what we're uh, hoping for and expecting for the next season. Um, like I'll I'll begin kind of sharing what kind of helped form my outlook for the rest for the late part of the season. I think one thing that you had said that really stuck with me is you want to beat you want to be the man you got to beat the man right and i think when put in that perspective that we could not beat city it's really hard to feel bad about them winning out over us at the, in the end like they were the better team it's really hard to argue that it was tantalizing it was something that we we're so close to we arguably started feeling entitled to it or like we deserved it um but you know i think it it just kind of shows where we need to work on for next season. We need a deeper bench. We need to make sure that when a few key players are injured, that we have good players ready to work in and take their place. And we're going to need that for competing in the champions league at the same time as the premier league anyways. You know, I mean, the FA cup wasn't even really a a thought much this season. Like we talked about, you know, it's, it's something we got, we got eliminated pretty early on for there. The Carabao cup, like we pretended didn't even happen. Um, so, you know, we, if we want to be competing like city does, we need to have a deep bench like they do. And, you know, I think that's probably, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it is like, we got set up to have the expanded budget from being in the champions league for next year to try and bring in some more good players. And, uh, I'm hoping that's what we do. And I'm, I'm excited to see where, where they take it. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's largely right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I've done this long enough as in watched Arsenal and watched a lot of teams long enough that, I mean, we talked about being the man, having to meet the man. I mean, I still would have taken a title, <laughs> you know, if we, if we had won it and <laughs> even if we, if we had lost all, having lost all three games, if we had still been able to pull it off, I certainly would have taken it. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, certainly I don't, I, I can't complain about city in the sense that like, Oh, how did that team win? We know how they won. They're, they're freaking good. <laughs> um, you know, to, to put in the run, we did uh, certainly it feels good. I mean, this has definitely been, it's certainly that this might be. It's certainly one of, if not the best, Arsenal teams I've seen since since I've been watching them. It's certainly certainly since the, over the last gosh at least decade, um, there was a sense for a while of Arsenal kind of just hanging on to this position and sort of very piecemeal putting it together. You know, sort of finding a way to scrap into the Champions League, and we really kind of needed to go through the last couple of years to sort of wandering almost to, to sort of tear it down and and sort of rediscover or, re, or or decide who we are as as a club as a team what we what we what it means to be a member of arsenal to, to have you know player have a plan in place as to what this team or program is going to look like and, and and you're starting to see that we're a little bit ahead of schedule we were we, we talked about this back early in the season the goal was to get into the champions league we got into the champions league um, the fact that we put in a credible title challenge is great, but this was not the end of the journey. This is this is where we still have more steps to go. We've talked about adding players. We've talked about expanding the bench, about competing on multiple fronts. I mean, 
yeah, we saw the depth of the squad, and we're going to have to we're going to approach the Champions League differently than we approach the Europa League. We got away with those secondary lineups. Uh, you know, when you're playing um, Buda Glimt, that's not going to fly in the Champions League. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. not. And you're going to have to make those weird decisions where we have a Champions League game on Tuesday or Wednesday. By the way, Europa Leagues are Thursday, so we're back to Tuesday and Wednesday, which is much better. Um, and that, but you know, and then on Saturday, all of a sudden, we've got United. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it, with the Europa League, that's easy. Going, ah, we'll just run out the secondary lineup and we'll, we'll get the regulars ready for United. You can't do that if you're going to play. I'm just going to draw a name out of, out, of, out of a hat here. Um, you know, out of, if you're going to play uh, Napoli. You can't do that if you're going to play Bayern Munich. And we're totally going to draw Bayern Munich. But that's a conversation for next season. Um, just, <laughs> you have to think about those kinds of things. And, you, you know, you saw at times Arteta got frustrated. You could, you could tell he was frustrated with the, the drop-off in quality once we started rotating those bench guys in. You know, that's not going to work this time. So it, it's going to be a very different kind of thing, not just to be in these competitions, but to 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 compete in them. and. You know, Arsenal is still going to be, even in the context of the Champions League, is still going to be at least in the top half in terms of quality of the sides that are going to be in that stage of the tournament, certainly in the group stages of the tournament, and then the knockout stages, it depends. I mean, the general sense from some Arsenal fans, I didn't, I didn't watch the semifinals, but the general sense of Arsenal fans watching the two semifinals is that we have a long way to go to compete with City, as we know, but also Real Madrid, the team they were facing. Like Those semifinals were played at a level that we can reach at times, but not consistently, certainly the way either of those teams can. By contrast, that the other semifinal, Milan and, and Inter, Inter uh, so the general consensus was, well, we, we, we're, we're not that far away from that. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sure. so in a sense, we're we're a team. We we should, in terms of our expectations, I frank we we should be into the knockout stages, potentially quarterfinals if the draw breaks right. If we get a good draw, you know the cups. So much of the cups comes down to who you draw and where you play. You know, we we sort of you know in a sense the Carabao Cup we drew Brighton, which obviously as we know is a very good team. And then we and then we drew Manchester City in our second FA Cup game right? away. I mean that that's. That's tough. That's a tough thing, and it didn't mm-hmm. work out. So to, yeah. to be able to, you know, to to advance on all fronts is going to be sort of the next step of the evolution. And a lot of people are throwing this out there as a way to sort of denigrate what Arsenal's done in terms of well, Chelsea was down, and Spurs are down, and United was down. Okay, yeah, that's all true. Liverpool was down. Yeah, that's all true, and they will be better. Now, we're still going to be good. Like I'm not worried about us. Uh, doing that, but you, you wonder, like, what what is the league going to be like as the competition gets deeper at the top of the Premier League? Newcastle's in the Champions League is going to have a lot more money to spend. Um, United seems to be moving in the right direction under under Ten Hag. Liverpool's going to restructure themselves. They have a, and they have a great manager in Klopp. City will be great. Um, and we haven't even talked about uh, you know uh, Aston Villa. Some people are pegging Aston Villa as sort of the next next team to take the next step. I don't buy that. I think they're going to be good. I think hmm. they'll be dangerous. But there's also going to be someone like this year was Brighton 
uh, you know, Brentford and Fulham at times too. Someone else who's going to elevate themselves into that upper tier and is going to cause a lot of problems for some of the for some of these uh, really good teams. So it's going to be super competitive. But that's it's part of what makes the Premier League what it is. It's it's the depth of the competition. I mean, it, it, Bayern Munich just won the German League title for the eleventh year in a row. Um, you know the um. Who was it? P- P- Paris Saint-Germain just won it for like the ninth time in 11 seasons. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Napoli won their first title in like 30 something years in Italy. But before that, Juventus had won something. You know, Milan was last year and they brought Juventus had won like 10 in a row. Um, Real Madrid and Barcelona basically trade off the Spanish title. Yes, City has won five of the, that's five of the last six. And it took an absurd effort from Liverpool to, to, to not be that sixth. But I mean, the depth that they're going to come across in the in the Premier League is just is just something else, and that competition is part of what makes it fun. You really don't know how this is all going to play out, and that's before we know. And we'll, we we haven't talked about this yet. You mentioned it in the lower divisions. Um, we we know who's going up and going down. It's a different league. It's going to be a different league next year, right? Um, just briefly, we'll mention. Why don't you it. give a recap of that? Actually, yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, just just to look at the table real quick. So. Start at the top. We know City wins the title. Arsenal in second. Uh, Manchester United and Newcastle uh, finish third and fourth. So they're also going to the Champions League uh, group stage. Liverpool and Brighton, good for Brighton, um, qualify for the Europa League. And then in seventh, uh, the last European spot going to the Europa Conference League, and that's Aston Villa. Uh, Tottenham finish in eighth, which means they miss out on Europe, which, you know, Arsenal had a great season all by themselves, but the fact that Tottenham also missed out on Europe and Chelsea missed out <laughs> on Europe, just just two cherries on top of a delightful Sunday. Um, <laughs> and then you go all the way down towards the towards the bottom of the table. Um, Everton survived at the at the you know with a win in their final game. So the three clubs going down, we knew about Southampton, and then confirmed on the last day, Leeds United. Uh, who is going to sell off a whole bunch of players, a lot of Americans probably, and then Leicester mm. City. Leicester, of course, famously won the Premier League back in 2016. They're not the first you know, champion to get rele- relegated. They're not even the first team to win the Premier League that's been relegated since. Um, but still is kind of shocking to see the rise and fall of Leicester in terms of they, they won, I think, in their second year after promotion, which is just Everything about that title is just bonkers. The fact that they, they did it as quickly coming from the championship is wild. And now here we are, but it's about seven years later, they're down. They're back in championship. So, mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. Uh, so, yeah, as we said, Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton are down. And then coming up, uh, joining, uh, joining the league next year, we had the uh, top two teams in the championship, Burnley and Sheffield United. Uh, and then the winner of the championship playoffs uh, won what is known as the richest game in football, that is the playoff final, uh, which is at Wembley. The winner gets into the Premier League and thus gets guaranteed all the money hmm. you get from being in the Premier League. Uh, that was won by Luton Town. Hmm. Uh, Luton Town is a fun, is a fascinating club. Uh, they have spent some time in the top division, although they were last they were last relegated out of the top division uh, in 1992. Uh, mm. So they were I, that was I believe the last season before the Premier League actually happened. Uh, a while, uh, how recent was it? They were um, 
As recently as 2014, they played non-league football. They were down in the fifth division uh, as recently as 2014. So for the anyone, wow. we've talked a little bit about Wrexham. Um, they basically right. played at that same level. Uh, so the people who are watching, who have watched Welcome to Wrexham, uh, they're going to do a second season, which Wrexham won their won their league, and so they got promoted to the fourth to the fourth division now. Uh, Luton was playing in that division ten years ago, and they have hmm. completed their ascent back into the top division. So they're a fun story. They play at a stadium called, or their yeah their their ground is Kenilworth Road, which seats ten thousand. Ooh. And is apparently tucked into a neighborhood. Someone had a picture of sort of that where it is. It it is, it it is in re- a residential neighborhood. It's it's kind right. of wild how old school this is. Um, yeah. And apparently, yes, it's it's going to be the smallest capacity in the history of the Premier League. So good for Luton huh. to to make their way back up. Um, and so, yeah, uh, a couple other things, though, do have to be determined in terms of trophies. So the league is all set. We mentioned uh, Manchester City and Manchester United will play in the FA Cup, which I believe is on Saturday. Is this, is this weekend? It is. Uh, yeah, it's on Saturday. So if you're interested in that, that could be an interesting game. Um, and then the following uh, later this week, uh, West Ham actually plays in the Europa Conference League. So even though West Ham actually finished in, hold on, I, I switched off the tab with the, with the standings. <laughs> West Ham actually finished in 14th. If they win the Europa Conference League, they're in the they're in the Europa League for next year. Right. Um, so right, it's like that we were could, talking about that was an incentive for us to do well in the Europa League is another hedge, another way for us to get into a Champions League, which we ended up getting the inverse of that and getting right, in get, yeah. because of Premier League play and getting kicked out of Europa. But yeah, right. Well, so so what will end up happening if they win and I just drawing a blank on who they're playing. Um, but anyway, anyway, if they win, they're in Europa League, which will put eight English teams in Europe for next season and none of them are Tottenham. Or Chelsea. Um, <laughs> but you have that, and then you also have uh, a little less than two weeks from now, so a week from Saturday, is the Champions League final, Manchester City versus Inter Milan. If City wins their two finals, so the FA Cup, they would complete the treble, three titles. So they would win the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Champions League. They'd only be the second team, English team in history ever to do that. The other one being Manchester United, who did it famously in 1999 uh, with considerably more drama. They won the league on the last season, won the FA Cup like three days later. Um, They beat Arsenal for both of those, actually. Um, And then they won the Champions League final, scoring two goals in stoppage time in the second half to win 2-1. So a little bit of drama there. Probably a little less drama for City, but who knows? Uh, Certainly... um, I mean, I think they, I think they will. If I, had to, I'm not a betting person, you know. But if, but if I was, I'd probably put money on them to do it. Which, you know, it took arguably the greatest team in the history of the English game to beat us for the title. So that's there's something into that, you know. I think there's something, <laughs> yeah, something to be makes, said. Makes for you that. feel a little better about um, it. Yeah, <laughs> which will lead us a little bit into next season. So I don't know. I don't know how we're going to deal with transfers. We can talk about transfers as well. But just looking ahead to next season. Sometime in June, they'll release the fixture list. So they'll announce the schedule in June, uh, and you'll see who we're set up to play. Now, obviously, 
every game will be I, just about every game is listed on a Saturday to open the season. Games will be shifted to sun, you know, Friday and Sunday, depending on television, European competition, uh, things like that. Uh, plus a couple games will be shifted around time wise. And then of course you have during the season, you have things like the death of the queen, which just caused games as well to be shuffled around for all kinds of things. But, it, but it, it gives us a starting point. It gives us something to look at, start thinking about what the season looks like, where are the tough games. We know roughly where the Champions League games are going to be as well. Um, FA Cup won't kick off till January. We'll have the Carabao Cup sometime. We'll be in the third round, which I guess is usually September, October. I don't remember. It always seems to be different. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is uh, actually the season will start in August. The question just is when. Uh, officially. The league is scheduled to start on. Bum, 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 hang on, I had it. Especially the league is scheduled to start on August twelfth. Uh, so, so mark your calendars there, August twelfth. However, uh, the week before that, is the beginning of August, uh, will be a game called the Community Shield. Uh, hmm. Most countries have this; they'll call it a Super Cup. So, it, it is the winner of the league will play essentially a final preseason or exhibition game against the winner of the National Cup. So every country has these two competitions. So in England, it's the Premier League and the FA Cup. In Spain, okay. it's La Liga and the Copa del Rey. Everyone has these. They'll play the Super, a Super Cup, which is sort of, it's, they call it the curtain raiser. It's the traditionally the first game of the season, league champion versus the cup winner. Um. In years where someone does the double, that is, they win both the right. league and the cup, the second spot will go to the team that finished in second in the league. So, oh, okay. Yeah. If City beats United for the FA Cup, we will play them for the Community Shield. Now, how important right. is the Community Shield? I mean, of all the trophies Arsenal could win, it is easily the least important. <laughs> it is a, it is an exhibition game. Uh, there are certainly plenty of managers who treat it that way as an extended as an extra preseason game. Um, but you know there are some you know a, a chance to play City in a competitive game. There's a trophy at the end. I mean it's it's a more it's a the Community Shield. It's more like a plate, a giant plate. But there's a trophy at the end. We've won it a <laughs> few times. Um, you know some some people will say go for it, and um, I won't disagree. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I could see being early in the season, that could be a really solid way to kind of establish that we're in it to win it this time. You know, if we were to defeat City in that match, that could really be a tone setter, you know, and kind of <laughs> a warning to the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a shot across the bow, as it were. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an argument. Um, you know, and, and certainly a club like City will really, I mean, Club like City cares, you know, and a lot of there are a lot of managers. Pep has this kind of mindset too. Pep Guardiola has this mindset where, if there's a trophy on the line, we want to win it, right? Even if it is an exhibition game. I mean, on some existential level, they're all exhibition games. None of this really matters. Right. Uh, <laughs> although we say in terms of setting the tone, rewind to the beginning of this past season, the Community Shield. Liverpool beats Manchester City three one. You know, Liverpool had, you know, City had just edged out Liverpool on the last day of the season for the title. They've gone back and forth on the title for the last several seasons. This is a statement of intent from Liverpool. And we saw they finished in fifth. And City ran right. away with the league. So 
it, it's one of those it could i i mean we mm-hmm. we won it we won it like th- you know three times in the last decade we're you know we, we've actually done pretty well in in that in that competition when we played in it and i kind of like it you know we've we, a lot of times you'll see these summer tournaments international champions cup or the emirates cup these sort of contrived summer tournaments just as a you know as an excuse to bring a couple teams in to play to, for them to do preseason the community shield is different community shield you are only in it because you are good the only way you get into the community shield is to win something or in the case of us nearly win something but be lucky enough that somebody <laughs> won both the reliable things but anyway the important things but anyway the right. point is um you know we we you're only in it because you're good and so it is the least important trophy we could win but I'm not saying no to it either, you know. <laughs> so, no, of course. Yeah. Um, that would be fun. Uh, but then again, the only way that happens is if City beats United on Saturday for the FA Cup. So, if that has any impact on the way you think about that game, assuming you were going to think about that game at all, perhaps, perhaps not. <laughs> um, you know, if that has a way of of affecting your thinking about it, that's one way to look at it. Um, one other angle we could, we could throw in there is that, uh, Manchester United has won the, the FA Cup the second most times, uh, behind us. Uh, they're two behind us. So if they win, they haven't caught us. At least that's the last, mm-hmm. that last reckoning I saw is they're two behind us. But, you know, if, if, if we don't want them to get too much closer, you know, <laughs> you know, we don't want them to get too much closer. So, um, yeah, well, just keep a again, buffer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, if they if they beat if they beat City, they they did a cup double themselves. They won the League Cup and the FA Cup, which is you know not a bad thing. I mean, sure, they finished way behind us in the league, which is you know the more important thing. But still, it's you know, um, yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about does it uh, for this week's episode. Uh, just a few notes before we sign off. So, first of all, um, not only is this the beginning of Arsenal's uh, summer break, it is also the beginning of Keith's summer break, uh, working in education. He he has summers off. So, our, our schedule combined with both of us traveling and doing summer things and Arsenal not really having a lot to offer in the news department over the next couple months. Um, we'll record sometimes. Uh, no commitment, no guarantee. We'll, we'll see what the schedule looks like. We'll see how it shapes up. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe in your podcast player. Subscribe on YouTube and, and you'll see uh, when when we have new episodes out. Uh, so you know, more on that as it comes. Um, speaking of YouTube, uh, we now have uh, two episodes that are up on YouTube. We're still experimenting with with, uh, with some of the formatting stuff, but uh, we've gotten some early uh, positive feedback. Uh, it's a great way to feel uh, like part of the Gooner community, especially if you're in a more remote area where maybe you don't have uh, a Gooner uh, club like like he's able to watch matches with, like I don't. Um, help you feel a little sense of community with us. And uh, we love your questions and comments. If you want to start commenting on YouTube videos with any questions that you have as uh, you know, go- new Gooners like myself, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, please, like they say in all the YouTube videos, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, we're, we're there. We want to try and grow our audience. It can allow us to do fun and interesting things that'll benefit everybody. The more uh, the more people we get uh, into our show. So, if we could, because I talked a lot this episode, which is fine. I'm supposed to be the educator here, but I, I do want to take some time. We're running long, but it's fine. It's it's summer. Um, <laughs> I want to flip this back around. The whole point of this, as I said, was was educational. So, I do want to throw two questions back to you. Okay. Um. In, in a sense of kind of wrapping up your experience as an Arsenal fan, as 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 a someone new to the sport, 
and to the club and all right. of that. So I guess I, two questions I have. The first one is, what would you say is probably the most I want to say the most interesting thing you learn, but perhaps the most interesting thing you learn. You think you think will, the thing you think will probably stick with you the most uh, as you you know as you start looking forward to the summer and then to this second season in terms of what you've picked up from the last year. I think the biggest thing is just an understanding for how this game that I've played from being a kid and I've I'd coached for a year or two before we started talking about where I'd never really been exposed to soccer at a professional level. So I'd really never seen anyone older than 11 or 12 playing the game. And it's it's clearly, you know, very, very different. Um, I, I really feel a bond to the sport in a way that I didn't before to the point where I'm really excited. You know, my son is six years old. This is his last year in the U6 division where it's really every week is kind of a practice um, starting next year, next season in the fall. He's going to have one game and one practice. And I'm really excited to be coaching in that capacity, feeling like I'm more ready for it. I think that that's a big thing. Like I know enough about the game where I feel like I can make a meaningful contribution. Like I've kind of earned a place as a head coach, whereas had we not embarked on this journey, perhaps I would only feel comfortable being an assistant coach and letting someone who knows more than I do um, take that role, you know? Um, so I think for me, that's probably the biggest thing is just an understanding of the finer points of the sport, seeing how it's played um, to some degree, seeing how, like, you know, how managers do things. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> the trauma isn't quite there when it comes to U8. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's still seven and eight years old and six, seven, and eight years old. And, uh, you know, uh, your roster is just about the exact, like, number of players that you have. You aren't really, like, benching people and making substitutions and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's one big thing. I think also, this is my first time ever following a professional sport. And just seeing what that's like, feeling the the community and kinship, like as I've met other Arsenal and and generally, you know, football fans, um, that's been something that's that's been fun, like kind of having that as something that I can connect with other people regarding is great. Going through the arc of a whole season and what a season it is. I mean, you know, compared to some other sports that are that are in our area, I mean, it's a long season. I mean, it's it, it it's it's a long haul and there, there's a lot of matches played and uh, emotional moments, dramatic moments, uh, you know, going through that whole journey. It was uh, it was fun and I liked it a lot and I'm looking forward to next season. I am also looking forward to the summer break. <laughs> I'm looking forward to a chance to do some other things that have kind of taken a little bit of a back burner in my life to football and, and podcasting about football. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be good to have a little bit of a respite and to come back in the fall. Uh, guns blazing, so to speak. You know, we, we are we are gooners following the gunners. So I don't think that that metaphor is entirely <laughs> inappropriate. And uh Yeah. <laughs> well, you stole the other question there, which was, you know, what are you looking forward to? But I guess, you know, if you unless you want to elaborate on looking forward to it or we, or we can finish. I cut you off before, but if you're done, we can be done. But That's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, as far as what I'm looking forward to, just a little more explicitly, um, I'm just seeing seeing year over year changes, right? Like I had a tiny taste of that with the All or Nothing documentary leading into this season. I had some frame of reference in abridged form um, where Arsenal was coming into this season from, but seeing how this season played out, having deep knowledge of that, seeing the changes that are made for the fall, seeing lineup changes, play style changes, things like that. 
I think that is something that I'm looking forward to for my own development uh, as a fan, you know, just kind of getting a sense of how things change year over year. I think that's the one big missing piece. There's there's lots of little details I still need to pick up, but that's kind of one big thing I haven't experienced for myself yet that, that I'm definitely looking forward to. It, it is amazing how every how everything is different. Yeah, it, every it, it's they're they're just they're eleven players. You know all their names. They wear red shirts, <laughs> with white sleeves, and yet somehow every season is just a little bit different. It's it's all part of the fun. Yeah, every every game still has infinite possibilities. You never see the same game twice. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, yeah, good questions. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for tying it out that way. And uh, thanks for joining us at Gooner U. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and some other places, and we appreciate you subscribing to our show and sharing it with friends. If you want to listen the night we record, you can become a Gooner U superfan to download a raw, unedited recording right away, as well as some occasional bonus content. There's a link in the show notes to join. And thanks again to our sponsor, Liquid IV. You can find them at liquidiv.com and enter code Gooner to save 20% at checkout. That is G-O-O-N-E-R. You can follow our show on Twitter at Gooner U Show for updates and to ask questions. And you can also now look, find us on YouTube. We are Gooner U on YouTube. That's our channel. Again, my name is Dove, and you can find me on Twitter at Dove Frankel. With me, as always, is Keith, and you can find him not in a pub watching Arsenal matches for the next couple months, but... Uh... <laughs> His whereabouts will be unknown. <laughs> on a on a metaphorical beach. I'm not a big beach guy in general, but on the metaphorical <laughs> beach. Sounds good. Have a good one, Keith. All right. Adios.